Welcome back to MVC Weekly. I'm your host, Scott Preros. With me today, I have my sports, repu- sports reporter, Jacob Urish. How's it going, Jacob? It's going pretty good. How about yourself? Uh, not too bad. Uh, the Redbirds continue to win at just an unbelievable level. They're, nobody can stop them right now. It looks like eight straight wins, and they're not easy wins either. I mean, you go into Belmont missing your best player. I talked about this last week. You beat them. Um, you have back-to-back 78-46 to wins against Evansville and then Valparaiso. And then you go into a tough UIC environment against the best defense in the conference, and you win 55-42. Um, I believe they scored one point in that second quarter, uh, free throw in that second quarter, and that's yeah. all they were able to score in that. So, I mean, just an incredible defensive display that they're putting on. And I think that's going to be the factor because I think this offense is good enough where if you put enough on the defensive end, you're going to win games because the offense is just coming to this team right now. When you have Paige Robinson, Mary Crompton, Maya Wong are all really facilitating well at the guard position and really running the offense well. And then Deanna Wilson is just on a tear right now. Kate Bolton starting to play at a high level. Jasmine McGinnis-Taylor off the bench is having a good season. And then you can't uh, ignore Tashana Wright-Gaskins off the bench as well, who's just been an incredible X factor for this team. Yeah, the defense in that game versus the UIC on both on, on both sides was just in, insane. Because I, I cover that game, not much offense uh, going on. Even the broadcaster uh, uh, who's uh, calling the game mentioned that. Uh, yeah, uh, it, it was. It, it's it's kind of what we've just seen lately from them. I mean, their past what I think three games they've held their opponents under fifty points. 46-46-42 in that stretch. Yeah, it's it's unbelievable the defense that they're playing right now. Uh, Kate Bowman is uh, helping space the floor, which has given Deanna Wilson more room to work with. Uh, she's definitely or Bowman's been better from outside. I think I think on the broadcast they said that she was shooting like twenty three percent from three. It's not great, but at least to a point you have to honor it. Um, Page was great against the Beacons, had 24-6-5. You mentioned how in in that uh, second quarter against UIC, only gave up one point. Uh, granted, UIC's offense is ranked last. I think they're averaging just above 50 points, I think. Something like that. Too. Around there, yeah. But, yeah, this has just been a great stretch for them. Uh, they face Bradley tomorrow night. That should should be a win. I'm just I'm going to be blunt. Uh, Murray State could get interesting. Uh We'll talk about them later. Their record's not great, but, I mean, you have players that can win you games. Kaitlin Young. Yeah. Um, But you were talking about that defense. So, over the past six games, if I did my math right, I'm just doing it in my head, I think they're averaging a 51 points per game allowed, which is just a ridiculous number over a I don't care who you're playing. But even so, I mean, Evansville has not been bad at all this year. That was a bad game for Evansville because Evansville has won a lot of big games this year. Um the Belmont game is obviously one you want to look at. You go into Bradley, you hold them to 50. I mean, this defense is going to be the key to this team, and that's what it was in the end of the year last year after they struggled uh, to close out the regular season. The defense stepped up, and that's how they won the NCAA tournament. And they're going to need that again because right now the way this team is playing, they look like the team that can win the NBC tournament, but you can't let up. And we talked about this last week. This is the stretch last year where they struggled and the schedule setting up for them to ha- maybe hit that wall because you have Murray State, Southern, Missouri State, Northern Iowa, um, and then Drake over a five-game stretch. That is not an easy stretch of basketball. You need to lock in, and you need to play your best brand of basketball if you want to come out of that alive. Yeah, it's going to be probably their toughest task of the season. Uh, 
I don't think, yeah, there's not really, I mean, earlier in the year they faced Drake, then Northern Iowa, Missouri State, then Southern. They came out of that 3-1. and one. So I think, I think we talked about it last week. I think three wins is probably realistic. It's probably your goal. And yeah. I think anything more than that, you're ecstatic because then you close out the season, UIC, Valparaiso, Evansville, Indiana State, you swept those four. Was that in a row too? I think it was opposite. I think they played Indiana State, Evansville, Valparaiso, UIC. Yep. Now you flip that UIC, Valparaiso, Evansville, Indiana State. They swept those, um, and that's part of the defensive stretch that they dominated. So I mean, you come out of this three and two, four and one would look really good. Granted, that's going to be very tough. I mean, luckily three of those games are at home, which gives you an advantage. I mean, Murray State, Southern, and Missouri State at home. I mean, you come out of that three and zero. Oh, you're really happy, but then you have that trip to Northern Iowa, and that's always going to be a uh, a vaunted trip for sure. Yeah, the the end of the season, it looks like it should be a favorable stretch. Granted, that UIC game for the most part was pretty ugly. It was back and forth. Like UIC, they, though, that's the type of team that you never want to let up against because when you have a defense like that, if their offense does start to click, that's when you get worried. And I think the same thing goes for Evansville. Like I don't think whenever they play them again, they're going to shoot like that. No, like. But- 78-46, they're going to keep that in the back of their head, and you're going into their place. That's the thing about a lot of these games. All that Evansville and Indiana State game, I mean, you swept them over a weekend, but now you're going into their own uh, houses, so it's going to be a lot more difficult for that. And a lot of those teams that are at the bottom that they're going to face towards the end are going to try to be spoiler. Like, they're oh, going to try to... 100%. Yeah. So it's going to be really interesting to see how they handle, like I said, that five-game stretch after this Bradley game Thursday. Um they want to get another win there, sweep the uh, I-74 rivalry, and then uh, the biggest stretch of the season. I mean, I don't really think that's an over-exaggeration. Over I think that this is where you figure out what kind of team you are, and it's going to be really interesting to see what they're able to do. But like I said, tomorrow night they welcome I-74 rival Bradley into SEFQ Arena, looking to get the sweep there. That game's at 630, so to make sure to come out to that and support the Redbirds, and then they'll be back in action Sunday when they welcome uh, – Murray State, who we'll talk about in a little bit. But uh, I think that's it for ISU. Anything else from you, Jacob? Uh, no. All right, so the next team we do want to talk about, the Missouri State Bears. Um, they lost quite a bit this offseason, and they started off conference play a little rough, to say the least. But they've really started to get a hang of it, and uh, they're 7-3 and three now in the Missouri Valley Conference. I believe they're sitting in fourth, if I know off the top of my head. Um Fourth or fifth, I believe it is. Let me, I can pull that up one Last second. Last time I checked, they were tied for third, I believe, with two other teams. So, okay, yeah, that's probably what it was that I was thinking. Um, but, I mean, like I said, after starting off the season a little rough because you had a new coach, kind of an over-flipped roster, um, now here you are, 7-3 and three in conference play. Yeah, like, you're right, they're tied in third with Drake and Belmont. So, but... Uh, in conference play, like I said, they've really taken their play to a new level, and that's going to be what they need to do uh, coming into uh, March and hoops in the heartland because I think this team is definitely the type of team that can spoil a lot of people's seasons. Yeah, uh, they're currently on a three-game winning streak. They've taken down Drake, U and I, Murray State. So it's a nice stretch. Those Drake and U and I wins are are huge. Really big. And so, the Redbirds are happy for yes. that they did that. Uh, they yeah, like you said, they just stepped it up in conference play. Um, they're not great. Uh, Shooting-wise, they're 30% from three, which is 10th in the MVC. Granted, they do hold teams at 28% 28 from three, so that kind of neutralizes it. 
Uh, they're second in rebounding, so great rebounding team. They have Anaya Thomas. She's averaging 14 points. With, uh, yeah, she's averaging 14 points. That's ninth in NBC. But she's also averaging almost five assists and then two steals a game. And then they have uh, Kennedy Taylor and Sydney Wilson, who are uh, averaging over just 11 points. So I th- I think in the beginning, like you mentioned, they kind of struggle. Like, of course, they're they're uh, their roster has been overhauled. They like I think we have Jasmine Franklin. Uh, there are two other players. Uh, slipped my mind right now. Um, but they lost a lot of their core pieces, and I think they're starting to find themselves. They're starting to find who their leaders are, and and, and it, it couldn't come at a better time. Yeah, they have a really balanced attack. You talked about uh, Thomas, who's averaging in just conference play sixteen point one points. But when you look at Kennedy Taylor, um, twelve and a half. Uh, Sydney Wilson, twelve and a half. Isabel De La Rue, nine point eight. Uh, India Green, eight point four. Uh, Jade Masagayo, uh, seven point nine. I could keep going. I mean, they're getting production from top to bottom, and that's what you need to win games. And I think that's been the key in this stretch where they're starting to play at a high level because I think it was hard for them to really get. Uh, really mold and finally find that rhythm that they needed because that's always hard with the team. I mean, you look at the ISU men's basketball team, new coach, a lot of new roster. It's taking a while for them to really figure out who their identity is. Maybe they're starting to figure out, and I think this Missouri State women's basketball team is going to be one to look out for come conference play or come uh, hoops in the heartland in March. Um, I think that's it for Missouri State. We'll move on to Murray State, who I said we were going to come to. Um, Coming into the season, I believe they were picked fifth in the conference, I think is what it was. And Caitlin Young, I believe, was the preseason player of the year. Uh, Destiny Wells was up there, but there were a couple people from these newcomer teams that were really uh, high in the rankings. But Caitlin Young has just been absolutely ridiculous in conference play, 22.8 points per game, and she's shooting 52% from the field. The three-point percentage isn't great, 29%, but she's only taking 41 through conference play. Um, And then she's a 76% free throw percentage shooter, which is pretty solid, honestly. But when you have a player like that, you're going to find a way to win a lot of games in this league. Yeah, they've just really had a trouble uh, recently. They've had a lot of trouble. Uh, they're four and six. They're currently on a four-game losing streak. Uh, their offense is ranked six. Granted, their defense is third best at sixty, or, uh, allowing almost sixty-two points per game. Uh, they have the third worst turnover margin, so that's one area that really needs to get better for them. Because again, you just can't have those turnovers, especially when your offense is sixth best uh, in the VC. You mentioned Caitlin Young. They also have Hannah McKay, who's averaging almost a, or averaging uh, a little over eleven points and nine rebounds. Uh, it's just not the. It's kind of. Uh, uh, the inverse of what Missouri State's doing right now. It's just not a great time to be slipping up. Uh, you still have a little bit of time left, uh, but this, this is going to be a crucial uh, part of their season. Yeah, I think you touched on a little bit, but the lack of balance offensively is something that is really going to hurt them because, like I said, they do have Caitlin Young, almost 23 points per game, but then half of that, uh, Hannah McKay with 11.5, and, and then you're all in the single digits from there. Four straight losses. Um, their defense is allowing 65.3 points per game, so they barely have a positive uh, scoring margin there. But this is a vital stretch for them if they want to get themselves in good positioning coming into uh, Hoops in the Heartland. Because I think, if you, like I said, when you have a player like Caitlin Young, anything is possible because they could have explosive games. You lock in defensively, and you can find a way to win a lot of games that maybe some people didn't think you were going to be able to win before that. But um, Mercy, it's definitely going to be a team to look out for uh, going forward because it's the first year in the conference, and anything can happen when uh, come March. But they have a big game uh, tomorrow night 
when they go to Belmont, and then, like we said, they'll come to Illinois State Sunday uh, for the second of ISU's four-game homestand. So uh, I think that's it for Murray State. Um, the last team we do want to talk about for women's basketball, uh, the team that was picked to f- win the conference at the beginning of the year, the Belmont Bruins, who are, I would say, somewhat struggling as of late. They're not they're finding ways to win, but I mean, you have that loss to ISU, which obviously just looked really bad on your schedule, seventy to fifty six without their best player. But you did you killed Southern Illinois. You uh, beat Missouri State, Indiana State, Evansville. They just had some earlier losses that don't look great. Uh, Murray State, that Illinois State loss, and then you got they got smoked by Drake. But Destiny Wells continues to play at a high level. Um, she's been the key to this team really the entire year, but especially in conference play, uh, she's averaging. 17 points per game, and then Madison Bartley's right behind her. She's been a huge help for them in conference play. She's up to 16.7 points per game um, to go along with just under five rebounds. But having those two dominating offensively is going to be a key for them, and they are finding a little bit of balance. But I think this team is definitely still at the level that a lot of people thought they would be able to be at at the beginning of the year when they were picked to win the conference. Yeah, again, like MSU, they're kind of – they're finding their direction right now. They're on a four-game winning streak, uh, but like you said, that ISU win definitely stings because I mean they just the ISU didn't have their best player. Destiny Wells just really didn't start uh, getting things going until the third. But again, it's they it, they've been really good lately. Uh, Wells has been good as advertised. Uh, Bartley, like you said, has really helped them out. Uh, <clears throat> they're fifth in blocks. They're fifth in assists. Their defense is sixth. Their offense is uh, fourth. Uh, but I, I, I expect them to be just fine, especially because like, I think we mentioned, like with Murray State, you have your go-to scorer. You know who that is, and that's always that's always going to help. Yeah, one hundred percent. I like I said, I think that emergence of Madison Bartley in conference play, especially uh, the 6'3 junior, she's that's a huge help for them as well when you have that second option, which I think has been the key for going back to Illinois State, just always having somebody who can rely on. When Paige Robinson's not on, Mary's on. If Mary's not on, you go to Deanna Wilson. If Deanna Wilson's not on, they just keep finding ways to score, and that's, that's going to be the key. But I think Belmont is another team to look out for come March because the top of the Missouri Valley Conference is really starting to separate itself, and that's going to be a lot of fun uh, in here in a few weeks. Um, the I think that's it for women's basketball. The last thing we do want to touch on, the ISU men's basketball team. Um, the last time we talked to you, they were coming off of a 20-point loss to Valparaiso, and a lot of people didn't really know what to expect. But they shrugged off that loss. They went into Bradley, and they took the Braves to overtime on their home court, one of the toughest places to play in the MVC. They did lose. But there were so many chances for them to win that game. You were up 10 with just under 10 minutes left in the second half. And then Bradley's defense really started to eat you up, and they just couldn't convert when it mattered most. Some costly mistakes at the end of the game. There was Kasubki fouled, rink-mast, a questionable call, a lot of people thought, and it was on a... uh, in a post pass, Mm -hmm. and he fouled him when he tried to get the steal. Mast missed both free throws, so now the Redbirds have a chance. McChesney goes to the line. Uh, he goes one of two at the line. So now Redbirds have a two-point lead, and Zeke Montgomery put up a three from, I would say, probably about five feet behind the three-point line, and he was fouled. So he had a chance to win the game. He only went two of three. You go to overtime. ISU started up 4-0 in overtime, and then it all fell apart. A lot of chances to win that game, but then you come home, 
and you take on the conference-leading Salukis and you beat them on your home court, which is just a massive win for this team. And I think these past two games have showed what kind of team this is. They're not going to take one loss and fall over because of it. No, they're going to bounce back, and they've really done it these past couple games. Yeah, that, that that's a type of win that can turn your season around. It's not a guarantee because we, we've seen that this team can kind of be all over the place. Uh, but in that win, they went 11-19 from three, so that, that's just a great percentage. They uh, had a 14-6 second chance point advantage. That bit, like, Right there, that was a huge part in that win. Syndicate Knight has continued <clears throat> to be the driving force in offense. He had 24 points, and he was 9 of 10 from the free throw line, so just great aggressiveness from him. Uh, Kendall Lewis, I know we mentioned we last. need him. Uh, I know we mentioned how he struggled uh, before these last past two games, but since then he had uh, 16 points and 13 rebounds versus Bradley, then 18 points and 10 rebounds versus SIU. Uh, so just back-to-back double-doubles. He's, he's been huge for them. Uh, I don't really know... I, I can't say you can really expect anything. I, I think we're going to need to see what follows after this because, again, it, it was a huge win against the first-place team in the MVC. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm assuming Burford's going to be out at least three to four weeks. If like It'll be interesting to see because we'll find out more tonight, hopefully. But they, uh, Pete had said that he was getting fitted for a mask. They were going to do the mold and everything Monday. But they don't know exactly what that would result in. Like I said... I think with technology and with the way medicine is nowadays, sometimes with an orbital fracture like that, players are able to come back sooner, but at the college level, you never know. Um, but like I said, we're hoping to find out more tonight. Um, this should also, according to what multiple people have said, Walter Offit um, is supposed to return to the coaching staff tonight after um, maternity leave there. Um, but Burford is going to be a really key piece to this team. And, I mean, you only have – I believe it's four more weeks. They have, I think it's eight or nine more games, eight more games. So until conference plays, so you really want Burford to get back so that you can get your offense fully going. But without him, you had guys step up. And I do want to touch on Kendall Lewis. They absolutely need Kendall Lewis to be playing at a high level. And Peden talked about it. When his scoring was struggling, he was still playing defense at a high level. He was still doing the little things that they need him to do so badly. But he's just missing shots at point blank that he had never missed in his entire career. And Peden knew that if he gave him time, eventually he would get back into it. Back-to-back double-doubles. It was the first double-double since uh, the Eastern Michigan win. So it had been almost two months. And this is the stretch where you're going to need him. Because if you can find a rhythm, you might be able to play some spoiler in Arch Madness come March. Because they're really starting to get into that the feel of things offensively. And you have the return of Colton Sanders, too, which is nice. Um... Like I said, they'll be in action tonight. They host the Flames as they look to uh, get a revenge when they're actually. There's one more thing I want to talk about. So they're four and eight, I believe, in conference play. Two of their losses are to the two teams behind them in the standings: UIC or to two of the UIC and Valpo. Evansville is below them, but the two of the bottom four teams there, UIC and Valpo, are two of their losses. Yet two of their wins are Southern Illinois and Belmont, who are tied to lead the conference. So. It's it's really weird how that's going for the Redbirds. But, I mean, you can't complain too much, but you want to be able to find a little more consistency maybe offensively and defensively there. Uh, I think that's it from me. Anything else from you, Jacob? Uh, I think that's it for me as well. So a big week ahead for uh, both men's and women's basketball. Like I said, men's is going to look to continue their strong play and maybe find the rhythm that they need going into March. And the women's basketball team, eight straight wins. They're going to look to keep extending that uh, tomorrow night. But uh, 
In the meantime, make sure to follow us on our Twitter accounts at the underscore vedette and at viddy underscore sports. <laughs>